Hi, my name is Anthony Caruso III, and I am the publisher of the Capital Sports Report. This is a new opportunity to expand the Capital Sports Report by bringing live streaming to you with different guests that we have previously interviewed. This week, we will be joined by Terry McMillan. But first, I would like to bring in our co-host, Susan Wade. She is a longtime sports journalist who we have interacted with over the years. And she writes with a variety of publications from Competition Plus to <clears throat> Dragzine to Auto Week. And now I would like to share this video. So this is huge for that team. Congratulations, Terry, the entire Emily Oil team. We talk about pressure, Tony Pedregon. Brittany Force having Alan Johnson, Brian Hughes, and Monster Energy, John Force Racing, a big powerhouse team behind her. Just succumbed to it a little bit there as Terry McMillan gets his first national event win. Terry, what was that moment like winning in Las Vegas just days after you got married to Corey? Well, hang on a minute. Let me uh, stop crying. But <laughs> no, you know, I'll tell you, it was uh, it was simply amazing. You know, with, uh, the week before uh, Corey and I got married and uh, and that was that was awesome and on its own. And then uh, to go out there and, and uh, run the Vegas race and and absolutely car was running great all day. The team, Rob and everybody did a great job. And, um, you know, it was just it was sooner or later it was going to happen. Um, I never thought it was going to happen there. Never thought it would go that way. But, uh, you know, we were blessed to, to be on the winning end of that and to get our first Wally. So, you know, the, the, that month was just huge for us, you know, for Corey and I and Cam. And then winning the, winning the race Amley it was just a, a major, major uh, accomplishment because it's something that, you know, I've raced a lot of years and you've always uh, – had these dreams of winning these wallies and and doing it but it's not that easy uh i mean some guys you know it's the chief torrances of the world and the tony schumachers they make it looks easy at times but but ultimately it takes a lot of work and a dedicated team and uh it was just our day and when you won that it was like seven or eight years that you've been trying in the nhra to finally get that moment yeah you know it, it's um the whole going going back to the beginning you know we we were running ITRA back in the day and and we started running the fuel car there I was running the alcohol funny car and the fuel car at the same time and it was uh we just didn't know if we could even compete in the NHRA you know I mean you go over there and the minute you walk in the gate you're out money because everybody's got two or three semis and you know 15 crew chiefs and you know 20 guys walking around but you know we went to a couple of races I think we did five of them and we qualified at every one of them. And so um, we thought we'd make the move and we thought we'd be, you know, ready for it. Um, but uh, we had setbacks. We weren't really as ready as we thought. But uh, 
ultimately, you know, um, things turned around and, and uh, you know, man, we were able to capitalize on that first win. And uh, you can't ever take that one away. It's just uh, holds a special place. Next, I would like to play this video. champion that's rob wellen that got him there look at the reaction from terry mcmillan terry you're we were over by that board earlier where you used to worry if your name was going to be there at the end of the day no matter what happens from this point forward on your career you are a u.s nationals winner that's one thing nobody can take away from you i'll tell you winning the first race was huge winning indy it's a whole different level and I'll tell you what, man, we're just blessed for Emily Motor Oil and flat out gaskets. Man, I tell you, I just can't thank everybody enough for all their support. The fans in Indy, man, I love you guys. What a place. Appreciate all the support. But, man, how about that? Indy. Wow, my son. Love you. Terry, they talk about winning the U.S. Nationals is life changing. How has that win changed your life since then? In 2018? Well, I. You know, when you look back at Indy, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was at that time, there was, um, I was the 65th winner. And out of that, I think there was only like 27 or 28 different winners. Uh, a lot of them, you know, the Don Garlitz had his, his share and Schumacher and all those guys. But, um, you know, to go in there and, and win that race that day, um, it, it was just, you know, I still get the goosebumps and, and chills from just uh, reliving that and watching the video. It uh, was an exciting, exciting time. And I think that um, the one thing that no matter where you go and when everybody introduces you or whatever, they, they state that you're the U.S. champion, U.S. national champion. And, you know, that's uh, man, that is just uh, that's number one. I'll also play this video, and then Susan will talk about this moment for you. Incredible. Special moment a few moments ago as we take a look at our Junior Drag Racing League. These are categories driven by guys, kids as young as age 5 up through 17. It's half-scale dragsters, started by Vince and his son Dave Knapp out in Englishtown more than 20 years ago. And this is five-year-old Cameron McMillan, Terry McMillan's kid. This is what it looked like when he sent his half-scale Amelie motor oil machine down the strip. Breaks it strat, horsepower, pushing him down. And listen to the crowd here. They give this kid a standing ovation, and why not? This is the stroll in the park. These cars will actually get with it right here. This is pretty much an exhibition run, but I bet he can hear that, that crowd in the inside. Coolest part about it was when he pulled the chute at the very end. 
great moment for Cam, for Terry, for Corey, and the entire Amelie Motor Oil Racing team here. You're, you're going to see more of Cam on the track in the future, huh? Yeah, we are. Uh, <laughs> he, he loves this sport, and he's, uh, you know, that's all he wants to do is race. And, and uh, you know, while he does other things, his main focus on anything is, is always about racing. And, and I, think, um, I think that uh, he has a good future. He's got a good head. He, he's, uh, he doesn't get rattled inside the car, uh, you know, and he listens to directions. And we, we were in Reading. Uh, when we ran that race there and, and his car was running too fast. So he, he couldn't run any quicker than 20 seconds. So I told him, I said, when you get to the first uh, cone at the eighth mile, pull the parachute. So it slowed it down to run at 20, 2009, I think it was. But if he didn't pull the parachute, he'd have been way too fast. We'd probably got in trouble, but, but it was just, you know, he could follow those directions at such a young age. And, and uh, you know, he won, um, he won a five hundred dollar um, uh, bracket race this last year, uh, so he's um, he's been to the semifinals quite a few times, and you know, heck, who knows? It, it's um, this could be his year. Uh, you know, he turned eight now, so we can run the NHRA side with the eleven ninety motor, and then um, so we're looking forward to a, a lot of a lot of good stuff. And and I tell you, um, it, it's just it's just amazing to watch him develop and and to watch him grow. And and uh, the fans, the, the kids that he races with, I mean, they they all become a big family. And that's, you know, that's one thing about this sport that you can never take away. It's all a family. We we don't like each other for three or four seconds. But at the end of the day, we're all there to help each other any way we can. If someone needed a motor or what have you, they would have it. And so that's what makes our sport so unique and, and so fun. And I'm, and I'm just glad that Cameron has the opportunity to grow up in that environment because um, – you know, the nice thing is I know where he is every weekend because we're at a racetrack somewhere. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. And, and, but Cam has been sharp as a, as a tack since he was like, you know, two, he could name all the drivers and knew all their cars and their sponsors. And that's, I mean, he's just, he's, he's just been absorbing this his whole life. He has, you know, it's funny because we could sit in a trailer when he was like two and three and we'd be sitting in a trailer and then all of a sudden, He'd say pro stock cars are running right now. He'd hear the difference of a pro stock car versus sportsman car, and and he would know. And he was right, you know. It's just uh, or alcohol cars. He was just. Um, he's got a very keen uh, uh, keen ability to just be involved with what's going on in his atmosphere and and pick up on things. And the thing is, he's like a sponge right now, and that's the really cool part because um, you know anything he learns, anything he sees right now, he he's absorbing it. And uh, hopefully uh, going to use it to his benefit down the road. And we saw a few years ago, we saw Bob Bodie in the same spot you are now. And yeah. now he's running funny car. And, and, yeah, and that is so awesome. I mean, I, I remember uh, a few years back, um, Bob and his son came down and he raced here at the local track. And uh, and we were just happened to be out there that weekend. It was really great to see him. But uh, it's just, a, uh, you know, a compliment of, of what he's done and, and getting his son, you know, uh, entrusted into the car and, and, and making the moves to drive it. And he's done a great job and, you know, heck it's, uh, it's, it's just interesting. And I hope that Cameron has the same, you know, path and, and, uh, and decides to go racing in a, in a professional level. Yeah, and right now, I think, I think the junior dragster program is such a wonderful 
training ground and maybe it would be really cool to see a little bit more of that at maybe at some of the national events we do see some exhibition passes but you think that might attract some more kids i think it would i think that you know when um you know we all know that nhra has a, a time schedule i mean you know it's a minute and a half for every fuel car that goes down the track and that's when they want another car going down things like that so i know that their schedule gets really really tight but if there was some way that they could ever figure out how to make a, a junior dragster elimination, whether it be a 16 car field or, you know, whatever, 32, it would just be really good. And, and I think that it, uh, they're our future and it, and they would all inspire to, you know, to, to work hard, to do whatever it takes to be able to compete at a race at a national level. And I think that, um, you know, just, just like, you know, looking at Cameron and a crowd, you know, cheering them on and, and, and pulling the parachute and this, it was just really, it's overwhelming, but, but every one of those kids work just the same, just that hard. And, and they have to do the same thing and they got to do it perfect. And there's, cause there's no do-overs. And, and I think that um, if there's some way we can bring that into the sport on a national level, uh, even if it's a short field and uh, it would be huge, but um you know, right now, even if they get it to some divisional races, I'm not sure that they run a lot of divisional races with it yet. But uh, I know that, um, you know, they do it some. And so it would be it would just be good to see these young kids get involved because then they can start focusing and creating their goals. And I and I believe, you know, like Cameron, we try to you know have goals for him. Like, you know, what's your short term goal? What's your long term goal? And how are you going to get there? You know, so that he he starts looking at directions and what it takes to get there. And, and uh, so. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I hope they do someday. Um, if, if they asked me to vote on, I'd be there in a heartbeat and voting positive. But uh, let's, you know, hopefully uh, we'll see what happens. Terry, you, you talked about family, and this sport is so based on family. You see so many families racing together. And, and like, when we, we come in, the media comes in to interact with you guys. We're treated like family for you guys. Like Susan, she goes to multiple races a year, and I only go to like one or two, but you still treat me and all the other racers still treat me when I'm doing the media role as family. Well, and, and I think that's the unique thing about our sport, and I keep going back to that. But, you know, it's, um, there, it's, a, it's, a, it's a twofold process. One is we talk to you guys enough that you become – our family or our friends. And at the same point in time, the other th benefit that it has is that you're going to publication with something somewhere. So it's helping all of our marketing partners and all of those things as well. But ultimately, um, if, if, if you, neither one of you have ever printed something about me, but you still came into my pit, we, we become family. I mean, Susan and I have talked countless hours about just who knows what, you know I mean? But I mean, it's just um, because that's, that's just the way, our sport is. And, and I think that, um, you know, without you guys out there, um, it, it, it hurts our sport because we got to have that press. we got to have that media exposure while the team does its own thing. We're still, you know, certainly hopeful that, that, um, your guys hard work will get us into the, you know, the speed weeks and the, you know, auto week and all those different magazines and things like that. Um, you know, and that's, that's important. But like I said, first and foremost, um, before we even do an interview, I'd offer you something to eat and sit down and let's, let's just have a cool drink. And then, uh, and then we'll figure out what you want to do from there. But, you know, it's just, um, it, it, it's just, uh, it's a, a, 
it's a crazy deal. I, I was telling, I think maybe it was Susan the other day. It's like, you know, you know, you go to a race and, and we see many, many people and, and, you know, and, and that's the one unique thing about NHRA is the fan base. It's uh, the, the fans have driven me back to the racetrack more than anybody will ever realize. But at the same point in time, um, you know, when, when, Susan's not at a race or Anthony, you're not at a race and we know you should be there. Say it'd be Reading or what have you. It's like, okay, the first thing on Monday morning is we're going to find out where you're at, make sure you're okay. And just because it's just that mental note, you know, we, um, while we don't remember everybody perfectly, it's like, you know, I'll, I'll get in a trailer sometime or the car and say, Hey, you know, I didn't see so-and-so today. And, you know, and it's like, no, no, neither did I, you know, so then we'll get on Facebook and look it up and, make sure everybody's okay or nothing, nothing majors happened, but you know, it's just um, because we, we just count on it. It's just like having a family reunion. That's so nice. And and the fans, by the way, are already checking in with us on this program right now. They're already giving you encouragement. Yeah. You know, um, there's nothing like an NHRA fan. I, I, um, this whole, this whole sitting out thing has been really, really difficult. And, and I have to say that um, every day there's emails, there's Facebook posts, there's everything. And the fans are just encouraging and, or uh, I can't tell you how many offered suggestions, Hey, go talk to so-and-so at this company or whatever. We need to get you back out there. So um, it was a, it was a, a collage of, you know, not just what we were doing, but it was also the input that we were getting from our fans that saying, Hey, look, you know, go talk to this company or that company. And, and here's the contact and, and let's see what you can do. And, and so um, they worked as hard as we did to try to get us back out there. And that is, um, that is something that you just can't, you just can't take for granted. That's just, um, that's just friendship and family at its best. And if people just more people just knew about that atmosphere and that feeling and that, and that sense of, of togetherness that I, I think more people would, I mean, would have the stands would be packed. It'd be overflowing, but you had a, and you had a brilliant idea. I thought to, to get a, a like a social media influencer, some young person, like, you know, a teenager on the board of directors of the NHRA. I thought that was a brilliant idea. I don't know if they'll do it, but that was very cool. You're very media savvy. Well, I think, you know, we have to, you know, you look at traditional marketing the way it was 15 years ago, you know, we were sending everything by paper and, you know, asking for meetings and, and all those things to have the opportunity to talk to a sponsor. And now it's like, you know, we do it just like we're doing it right now through a Zoom call and, and you know, we're sending everything digitally. And so um, it's harder right now probably to sell a marketing program to somebody because you don't have that 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 face-to-face -face feeling even though i can see everybody it's still distant you know when you're in that same room and and you can hear the the excitement and 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 they can feel your excitement uh you know it it certainly uh makes them more interested i think or at least gives you a better opportunity um i'm not saying there's anything wrong with the way we're doing it because it certainly saves a lot of money but uh you know it's just um i always like to, to read the you know our our partners that we're trying to work with and and figure out you know hey this was a, a bright spot when we touched on this how do we come back to that in a different fashion and make that work so they might take even a harder look at it so it's just um 
it's all about marketing. And today, you know, you look at the Gen X and that that audience today, they're young and and um, they they are used to playing video games and or different things like that. So they have like what I call white jargon. I said is the best gig in the, in the industry. It's like ADD. We're always changing cars every 30 seconds. There's another pair of cars up there. You know, you're not going to get bored with the same car. And, and I, and I think today's, you know, Gen X group um, are more savvy that way. They, they, they are looking for the TikTok, the, the 20 second video. They're looking for different avenues that, that, they look at it, they they see what they want to see, and they move on. They don't have to watch an hour to get what they're looking for. They just want it right to the point right now, which uh, which is amazing if you can do that. I, I just um, I think that those influencers uh, are what we need. Uh, we brought in uh, Stephen Share, uh, you know, uh, a few uh, two years ago, and uh, you know, I mean, here's a guy that has millions of followers. And, and such a large influencer in the, in the social media market. And the reason we brought him in is that one, him and Cam were already buddies on, on Facebook, but more important is that um, the result of him coming out to the races, doing a video, doing different things that we did up there with them, uh, they went out to all 3 million of his plus the pass on rate, which is amazing. So the amount of people that we contacted or touched that one weekend was phenomenal uh astronomical numbers you know whereas whereas we we can't get that every day but if we had more of those social media influencers out there uh, i think that uh you know and they came to our sport uh you know when they have two or three million followers you know it, it doesn't take long to get the word out and and i think the the one thing we just did um i think it was friday night Corey put out a little TikTok video and in less than 10 minutes, it had 6,800 views already in 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's where we have to work at today. I mean, uh, we still have, I think out of all the NHRA drivers, we have the largest TikTok following, uh, you know, and then certainly your Facebook and all that. But, but the, the key with that is that these guys, um, they just like those short informational type, impact statements and they're on, they're on, they're on to the next one. And so um, to, to reach out to them and get them involved in what we're doing and use their network as well um, is huge. And I think it's ultimately, it's all about the network and that's that we have to focus on that and build on that. And your network has gone over the border. You may be speaking a little French this year because you're, you're paired with, Dan Mercier. So tell us about yeah, how that came about with Dan. Well, you know, it's uh, first off, you know, I want to thank Dan and, and, and the Mercer family for just taking us in and letting us race. But I think ultimately, you know, we, we built a car for Dan. He bought one of our old cars and we built that. And then uh, he raced it a handful of times and really had fun with it. I mean, this guy's raced everything from boats to pro mods to, uh, Nostalgia, funny cars, a fuel. Um, so he, he's got his hands in motorsports. He loves it. And that is just, you know, absolutely phenomenal. But I think what really worked for Dan and I was that the family atmosphere. And I go back to this because he's got a, a young, you know, baby girl and, and we got Cameron and, and we're just, uh, you know, we're all about family. When they, when they get done working on the car, just like pits, we all ate together. We all 
talked about the day and and all that. So um, right off the bat, we kind of just had this uh, mesh of just family values. And and while racing is important to us and that's you know what we want to do, um, it's still about the family and the values of that that brings. And so, you know, with running the national event series, you're on the road constantly. You're never home. I mean, you know, and so your family has to travel with you or you have to bring them into the races because if not, you would hardly ever see them. And, and uh, so we've always taken the approach that um, we're going to we're going to have everybody involved in our every one of my crew guys, everyone can bring their family. They're always welcome. The kids are welcome. And uh, so it's uh, it's just made that atmosphere. I know most most race teams won't allow that. But for us, it was uh, it's kind of what we built ourselves on. And and the relationships that we have with marketing partners and all that has certainly extended into that. And so um, it's just exciting. And and like I said, uh, I'm, I'm excited to go racing with Dan and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and uh, we're going to eat good and, and I'm going to learn French. Kind of the deal is this. Cameron has to teach his daughter English. OK, she's going to teach Cameron French. And then Cameron has to teach her how to drive a junior dragster. And then when Cameron's old enough, he's going to get a Lamborghini for his wedding present. <laughs> I think there's a great deal. I don't know what I got out of this deal, but Cameron's getting Lamborghini. <laughs> you got six to eight races. That's what you got, Terry. <laughs> I'm blessed, too. Trust me. But, you know, it's just it's just that fun right there, you know, when we can talk about the future of our kids and, and, and you know, just the, the family atmosphere. And so, uh, you know, just to be involved with Dan, uh, like I said, we became friends before – the racing thing even happened and it's just uh it's just dovetailed into now hey let's just go racing together how is this uh six to eight races that you're going to do impact dan's uh top alcohol dragster schedule that he may do this season as well well i i can tell you a few things and i don't know if i should say this or not but i know that he uh he has uh bought a, a new new a fuel car he sold his other one um, it was supposed to be done in November and, uh, I might get fired before I get started here, but you know, I, I've done stupider things, but anyway, long story short, I think they fuel car is supposed to be in, um, in the next week or so. And then they're going to try to get it together and then go run Gainesville with it. He's going to run six to eight races with it. Um, with the a fuel car, he's going to run a couple with the fuel car. Uh, he's got some match races up in Toronto and Grand Bend. And uh, so I'm going to go up and I'm going to be the tire changer up there. But uh, but it's just going to be a lot of fun. I mean, we're going to do a lot of racing together. And then uh, we're going to watch our family and our kids and our, our wives all intermingle. And we're just going to continue to grow doing what we do. And and uh, we're just going to work on getting a few more of those wallies. Yeah, you got a nice collection behind you. Well, uh, it's no Tony Schumacher or, or Steve Torrance, but... We did put a dent. We got at least one or we just got two of them. So and then we got a number one qualifier with Rob. And it's just, uh, you know, it's just um, I'm excited to get back in the seat. I'm excited to go uh, visit the fans, you know, rather than talking on Facebook and or Twitter or what have you. It's going to be great to see everybody again. And uh, and I, 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 I just can't wait. You know, I mean, I wish I uh, wish we were leaving tomorrow to go racing. Terry. Uh, the NHRA has been called a dying sport for so long. Now you have 
this new breed of racers coming in with the street outlaws being so popular today. How do you think the NHRA should work with them? Because a few years ago at Raceway Park, Old Bridge Township Raceway Park in Englishtown, New Jersey, the NHRA brought Big Chief out and said in a video, take your racing to the track and not to the street. How do you think the NHRA should work with them because they are so popular today? Well, I, I think the you know it's it's kind of a double-edged sword. Maybe you got you got one. You have um, you have the the no prep done at race tracks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, certainly, if anything, you know we could probably dovetail into that. You you go to their events and they're packed. I mean, the stands are packed and and. Uh, it, it, it's, it's totally a different environment. And what's really intriguing is that uh, this little short story, when uh, they were running pinks all the time uh, on TV, uh, they brought us in to have our car displayed, our top fuel car. And it was funny because all these people were coming in here to, to see the pink event, but yet people are looking at like, why are these tires so big? Why is that wing so tall? They've never, never encountered a top fuel car. You know, and then we made a pass and then everybody kind of like got vibrated and shook and smelled and all that. And, and then there was a lot more people coming over. But my point being is that those those folks just never really seen that side of drag racing. They just known it as the pink show. And I think you have the same same thing within within uh, the street outlaws and no prep is that um, it's a big market right now. Uh, and and there's a lot of a lot of. TV exposure, and I think somehow there's got to be a way to marry the two um, so that we can draw from that fan base and they can draw from ours and we can sit there and, and create a synergy that's going to help populate both of our sports, you know, such as maybe bringing an eight-car field in. I know they've done it a couple different times, but, uh, you know, we got to bring some hitters in, you know, and, and it's tough because, I, you know, Daddy Dave, Scott Lutz, and all these guys are running constantly. They're they're if they're not racing today, they race three days and they're off a day, you know. And so it's just um, they got a lot going on as well. But I think that somehow it would probably uh, be a really smart and beneficial move to um, in, encompass them in what we're doing, and and maybe even you know it's like. Maybe, you know, the Clay Millikens or myself or somebody, we ought to go to one of their events, you know, in the middle of the night and, and uh, you know, watch what's going on and just we can cross promote, you know, and I think that's ultimately what this is all about. We're not going to change what they're doing uh, and we're and they're not going to change what we're doing. But what we can be the benefactor of is cross marketing and the exposure that each venue gets. And that, I think, could bring more fans to NHRA. And I think it certainly will help the fans that aren't following it or don't really understand. I know I've talked to a lot of different people. It's like, man, I don't, I don't get that street outlaw stuff. But I think that's just, you know, understanding what's going on out there. And, and uh, you know, in the beginning, I think when it first started, I mean, I heard a lot of stories, you know, that they, you know, in six hours, they might get two runs in, you know, uh, just because they're rehearsing everything. It's a little bit different today, but um it's uh it's a it's a venue that we need to grab a hold of and work with them and, and just cross market between the two of us and i think that both both industries would benefit tremendously 
You, you mentioned Jeff Lutz, and on tonight's episode of Street Outlaws, unfortunately, they're going to air his crash with the 57 that happened back in May. And this is a very dangerous sport, not only when we do it on the track, and they do it on the street. Could you talk about the safety that goes into play for all the drivers, including yourself, to make this this track this sport so safe for everyone? Well, I think, and that's just hats off to NHRA and and their their safety committee, and and certainly the SFIs of the world and all the people that you know designed this. And today, you know, you look at cars today versus ten years ago. You know, today we have computers out there that can tell you where the weak point's going to be on the chassis based on this at X amount of speed, and and so the technology. Uh, of the computers come so far that we're able to build a better, safer car today than what we've ever had. Um, in the, in the same breath, it's, um, you know, it's all about, you know, making sure that we have the, the technology to keep these cars safe. Um, and I think NHRA has done a great job of staying up with that. Um, you know, I think that, uh, one problem that we're kind of running into is these cars are, are running a whole lot quicker today than they've ever did. And I think that, you know, some of the tracks are kind of landlocked. And so it's, it's starting to be of a concern. So I think NHRA is taking steps to make sure that these cars shut off safely and, and all that. I mean, they have a, a device on these cars now, a radio, that when the car gets to the finish line and if you haven't pulled the parachutes and stepped off the gas, it'll do it for you. It automatically sends a radio signal and disconnects everything. So um, you know, such as a Scott Coletta situation, you know, that that would have made a difference then. So I think that um, as technology continues to develop and the safety aspect of things continues to develop, um, these cars are more and more safer than ever before. Now, on the side of the, the street outlaws and all that, I mean, they're not running. They got they got pro mod cars literally trying to run, you know, 380s, you know, 40s and on uh, on a non prep surface and and. Hats off to those guys for doing such a great job of getting these cars down the track. But the minute one of those start getting out of shape, it's it's pretty much going to be a bad ride. But again, if you look at it, nobody's getting hurt. They're tearing up stuff. But these cars are built well enough today based on the information that, uh, you know, we have to build cars on that, uh, you know, they're, they're doing their job. Paige Coughlin wants to compete with the street outlaws, no prep Kings. He is going to be a future outlaw. Would you, if you had the opportunity, be interested in competing in an MPK event? If it, if the NHRA allowed you to compete in the, in the MPK event in the future? Absolutely. 100%. I, I think that, um, I, I think it's great. It, it's again, it's about cross marketing all of us. It's a, not just, you know, Terry McMillan or, or Paige, it's, it's cross marketing, everything that we all do. And, and I think that when you start doing that, it's going to make both boards stronger. And I think that um, I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, I have a couple of cars here that probably can maybe go play. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know that I, I don't have a Hemi yet with a pro charger on it, but I can work on that maybe. But, but ultimately I think that, um, you know, these guys, they're, they're, they're stars. And that's one thing I think Discovery's done very well at is they made stars of everybody. 
um, you know, whether it's Chuck or whomever it may be, they've made stars out of these guys and, and they're making a lot of money doing it, you know, and they're having fun doing it. I mean, it's grueling. It, it's all of those things that we do just like we're running the NHRA tour, but ultimately, you know, they get paid X amount of dollars per episode and, and, um, and they're making great money doing it. You know, I mean, heck you, you do a couple, three or four nights of racing and, and, you know, they're, they're making some serious money in comparison to sometimes maybe more than what we get for qualifying or, 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 you know, winning a racing perhaps. So I think that, um, I would do it in a heartbeat. Um, I, I still have that, that, uh, that fire to go do that. And, um, sooner or later it will happen. I'm just not sure when. Terry, let the fans know what you were doing for the past few months that you were away from the track and you have this friend that lets you drive tractor pull. <laughs> yeah. My, my, uh, my neighbor, uh, Phil, he's, um, uh, it's funny. We, he's had the tractors. I've looked at them before and, you know, we've helped them in different areas sometimes, but, uh, you know, he said, Hey, he says, uh, what do you think about trying to get on a tractor? And it's like, you know, I'm thinking, uh, okay. You know, so long story short, we went over to his house a few times and, um, uh, you know, got him started and kind of worked on the engines a little bit and just kind of picked at things a little bit and trying to learn more, uh, what, what you should do and, and not do. And, and, uh, long story short is, um, you know, the, uh, first time, you know, in a drag race, it's like, we spend, we feel the tire spinning. It's like, we want a lot off and get that thing to bite again. In a, in a, in a tractor, it's a little bit different because you got to maintain X amount of wheel speed that keeps the dirt off the tire and, and kind of hooks it up. But the first time I went out there, it's like, man, I hit the gas and the, and the motor is just, you know, going and then it just blows the tires off. And it's like, man, I, I pedal it. I get back in it again and, and it bites again. It starts to go and it blows the tires off and the motors just sound like they're ready to come apart. There's three of them on there. And uh, so anyway, you know, I think we went like 218 or 220 feet, whatever it was. And anyway, um, so we, I learned to watch a little bit more and then uh, we went out again. Um, our last one, we went, we pulled 298 feet, um, you know, with the tractor and, and, uh, just uh, had a lot of fun doing it. It's just getting used to uh, what that, that that machine is telling you. It's it's telling it's a book. It's it's giving you the story to read. You just have to figure out how to use it to your advantage. And uh, you know, we uh, we went the furthest the tractor's ever been in in a pull. And uh, you know, and I like I said, I can't thank Phil enough because it was just great having you know three motors in front of you and hitting the gas on it and hearing the noise and and the vibration that we're used to. So it was. Uh, it was a lot of fun and, and we're going to do more. So it's going to, uh, I, at least I say we are, hopefully we are, but uh, that's our plan anyway, just to go out there and, and, and run this tractor and, uh, and do some more stuff. So, I mean, I'll drive anything as long as it's got four wheels. You talked about the, the sensation, the feeling with that tractor pulling. And w when I talked to a lot of the drivers, especially in, in like a top fuel or funny car, especially the dragsters, they say that they feel the sensation. They feel everything like through their butt. And that's how they're able to tell something may be going on. That, that's true. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I missed you. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you do because, you know, it's uh, your um, the minute you hit the gas, you can feel the tire biting or you can feel it. 
you know, if the car starts to raise up, it's about ready to blow the tire off. So, you know, you can pull a brake or whatever you're going to do, whatever your choice is at that time. Um, but there's things you can do, but you definitely feel all of it um, through your butt. And and, uh, and it's just amazing how your butt is connected to your your hand and your your uh, your arms and legs because it's like it just automatically does it. It's like you get the you get to the end of a track on a run and it's like, you know, someone will say, well, what would you do? I said, well, I think I did this, did this, because it's just automatic. It, your body goes into this mode of just um, doing what, you know, you've been doing forever and it, it draws small experiences and it just allows you to make those adjustments and or changes. So, um, but yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's, I got this little story. It's kind of like, you know, I'm old, I'm fat, I'm wrinkled. Right. I mean, you know, I mean, what do you want when you're 90 years old? Right. But, but you know, one thing about a, a top fuel car or funny car or any of these cars that accelerate extremely hard is that the minute you hit the gas, um, every wrinkle, Every ounce of fat is on the starting line. I look like I got a body of an 18-year-old, and it's awesome. I thought about selling it as a diet program. The problem is it's just too pricey. But the point is it was it was just awesome, you know. I mean, I had a little mirror on the dashboard. I get down there and get to half track somewhere around 290 miles an hour, look down at the mirror and say, man, this is youth. I got it figured out, right? This is awesome. And so, like, man, we're charging to the finish line. You get to the 1,000-foot marker, and it's like, Man, this is amazing. Now you got to stop. So the minute you pull the parachute, let off the gas and pull the parachutes, well, you pick up a passenger. It's the Pillsbury Doughboy because every ounce of fat and every wrinkle came back 10 times worse because of the G-force going the other way. So that's what you feel, you know, when you're you're in this car. It's like you get plastered for a long time and all of a sudden you get to the end and and this, everything just kind of just goes forward on you. So, um, you know, it's... it's um, I wouldn't trade it for anything. There's nothing. I mean, I've flown a plane and, and different things, and, and there's nothing I've ever done that can give you that sensation. Nothing. Daniel has a question for you. Would you want to try a micro sprint sometime? Cruz Petragon recently at the 2022 Chili Bowl Nationals got back into a sprint car and competed, but didn't make the, the A main on Saturday. Would you right. be willing to try that one day? Sure. I mean, I, I like I said, I'll drive anything. I uh, We did a promotional deal with uh, All-Star Performance Lane Automotive, and uh, we went uh, Labor Day week, and we always went over to, or no, Memorial Day week, and we always went over to um, uh, the Speedway, and uh, we'd run the event on that Friday night. So they'd give us a car to run and all that. And we just go out there. My crew guys got to compete in it as well. And so uh, it was just a lot of fun to go out there and race these guys that do it every day for, you know, a living, uh, you know, for fun. And, and, uh, but it was just a great privilege to do that. And, uh, yeah, I liked it. And I, I, I did okay doing it. So I'm, I'm thinking that I would try anything. Thomas says, how was tractor pulling? Oh, tractor pulling is good, man. I, I, uh, I love it. It's, uh, it's, I got a lot to learn. I mean, I think I probably have a total of, uh, four hits on it, but, um, you know, we, we, we're getting it down the track and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're going to continue to build on this and, and, uh, you've done a great job of tuning it and getting us tractor ready to go. And so if anybody, somebody like me can get on the thing and make it to go down the track, then heck anybody can do it. 
you have to go talk to Mark Thomas about tractors, right? Yo, man, he's got some tractors. <laughs> <laughs> Does have some tractors. And we're talking about Mark Thomas, our our friend from IHRA, our our, our uh, funny car champion over there, six time, right? Yeah, six time. yeah, he's got a bunch. He had a good hot rod, and and uh, he's just an all around great guy. I know he wants to come out racing again, but I I just think that he's getting a lot of resistance from the other half. So, um, but he'd like he'd come out racing again if he could. He called me and asked about running the fuel car. Did he? Yeah. That's awesome. That would be NHRA would just what a personality that would be in the NHRA, right? Right. I mean, that's what you gotta have. You gotta have yeah. those guys that just are flamboyant like that. And and you know, but there but but one one thing about Mark Thomas, what you see is what you get. And he, he's whether he's farming, whether he's racing, that's just the way he is. And he's sincere about everything he does. And so I mean that's pretty amazing. And he's a pretty awesome guy, but yeah, everybody's sure. every we've got a lot of really awesome guys. So I just I just want more people to know that. That's that's where Anthony and I come in, I guess. We get to tell well, everybody. I, first off, I, I wanna I wanna um wish you and say congratulations to hosting your first show tonight. I think Thank that's you. awesome. And uh, you know, it's uh it's you guys are a great team. I think there's a lot of knowledge and, and information there between the two of you that uh, this show is going to take off and it's going to get some legs underneath it. And, uh, and you guys are going to have a, a winner on your hands. And I'm, I'm excited for that because uh, you're great people and, and you certainly deserve that for all the work that you've done within the industry. Now it's time for you guys to shine. Oh, Anthony's the guru. Anthony's Thank the you. tech wizard. And, and as you can see, I, my computer blipped off. So obviously I'm, it's a good thing you didn't put me in charge of technology. So. Well, every once in a while, I reach over and put 50 cents in to keep my internet going, but I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Drop a quarter in the basket or something. That's right? it. That's <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> the I wanted to ask you, uh, Terry, about Tony returning. Oh, yeah. You and Tony are kind of in the same boat. You sat out for a little while, and 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 now you got to come back and prove you can do that again, you know. So the, the U.S. Nationals win was validation that you – that the Vegas thing wasn't a fluke. Tony has got to prove he's still got some, as Antron puts it, stank in the tank. And do you first, the first question about Tony coming back is, do you think you like Tony have things to prove and how will, will you be rusty? I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't know that, that we have things to prove. I think it's just um, our desire and our passion, at least on my behalf to, to continue doing what we, what we love and, and that, you know, with respect, you're, you're, you're fairly decent at what you're doing because there's only a handful of us doing this. And I, and I think that um, he may be rusty for the first pass, but I doubt it. I mean, it's like riding a bike, you know, he's not going to forget how to drive the car. Um, and, and he's got a, he's got a good team underneath him again. And so um, I, I look for a lot of big things out of that group. And I, and I think that, um, you know, Tony's going to go out and show you why he's been the multi-time champion um, you know, doing what he does because he's good at it and uh, he has a passion and and desire. I mean, I he's talked to me. I don't know how many times, you know, he's come around where we've been running and, and different things like that and just always offers a, a hint or a tip or something like that. And, you know, he, he's a good guy. And, um, you know, he's got a, a, nothing to prove to anybody. He owns all the championships. He own, you know what I mean? 
But I think for him personally, he's got to get back in the car and do what you got to do. That's, I mean, I, I could walk away tomorrow and probably say, well, okay, I, I ran my course, but ultimately I, I want to get back in a car. I want to do it just because this is what I love to do. And, and it excites me to have that opportunity to do it. And it excites me to go out and see the fans and, and do all the media stuff because that's what you've trained yourself to do now, you know, for so long that it's like, I don't want to do anything else. It's, you know, so you work an 18, 20 hour day, but it's not a job. It's what you love doing. So it's totally different. You know, I mean, if I had to go work at a dentist office for 20 hours, I, I don't think I'd be a very happy guy, but I mean, I can have a bad day of drag racing, and, you know, and, and I remember in Charlotte, I, I, I blew it up really bad. And, and uh, I mean, at the end of the track, I said, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And, and then turn around. And I, by the time I got back to my pets, you know, um, uh, the fans were there and they just gave me all the encouragement. And heck, Sunday on our way home, it's like, okay, we got to order this. We got to order this. And we got to order this just to go back out there and race that car. So it's like, um, you know, I keep going back to that, but that's that's the driving force for me is that um, the fans of, of for believing in me and 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 just uh, being there for us when we've had our our difficult times has been uh, been something that you can't cherish. But I will tell you that um, you know Tony's not going to have any issues, and he's gonna he's gonna go out there and show you why he's a champ. Larry says, "Will you be in the same car as you drove?" Uh, at the end of 2020, but that should have been 2019. Well, yes, I'll be in the same exact car. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to that because that, that car has got a lot of um, uh, technology things that, you know, that that Rob and, and the team we've put together in that car to to make it do, you know, run the way it does. I mean, that car is the best 60 foot in car that we've ever had. Um, and that's just basically, you know, because of the design of what Rob did and, and working with some other uh, structural people and what we can and shouldn't do and, and try to change stress points on the chassis. And, and when we did all of that, then all of a sudden you get in that car and it's like, man, it was like, it was just no effort. The car, we didn't have to run the car hard. We didn't have to do anything like we were normally doing with the other cars, trying to get it to 60 foot or whatever. So, you know, it's just um, a compliment to, to the whole entire team of getting that car ready and, and the design of that car. And now it's like it's going to be even more awesome now to get back in it and, uh, and hit the gas on it. Because we left off at a, at a spot where um, we had a lot of potential and opportunity to do extremely well. Who built that car? Was that a Schumacher car? Or was that it's a in house. We did it in-house. Oh, you did we it did yourself it. in your in your show. Yeah, Rob Wendland, yep. Yeah, we did it all in-house. That's the first chassis that we built. Um, we decided to uh, to just take it to a different level and um, learn from some of the things that we've seen on the other chassis. And and so then we went to design ours and, and build ours the way we did. Um, that technology, we, we utilized that. And, uh, man, it just paid off. Did it cross your mind to maybe get into that? Like some of the other teams have, have gotten into that? Uh, maybe one from the looks of it, it. It's it's hard to see, but maybe one um, has done what, what we set out to do in the beginning. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, that, that was for us, it was the key because the one thing we had, we had an extremely fast car, but it wouldn't 60 foot, no matter what, 
Rob gave it, no matter what he did on the tuna, that thing would not 60 foot. Now, all of a sudden, you take the same car that's 60 footing, and now all of a sudden, it starts running 60s. You know, and that was the only difference was this, the, the 60 foot. Because whatever it is, that all happens there. It starts there and then, you know, times two down at the end. So it's it's a big number when you start looking at the end results. And, uh, you know, so that's just a compliment to Rob and, and uh, designing, you know, what he did there and, and, and putting it together and orchestrating it. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. I'm not going to share the secrets, but it's, it's uh, pretty <laughs> awesome. Then you'd have to shoot us, right? Yeah, no, I don't want to waste a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> I might need that someday, but no, you know, it's just, um, it, it's just a good car. We have some unfinished business with the car and, and now with, uh, you know, Dan on board, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that, uh, we're going to have a lot of great times and, and, uh, and I think we're going to go out there and, 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 you know, upset things. We're going to turn the Alpha car upside down a few times just because I think the car will do it and and uh, we'll be able to go out there and run as hard as we need to run and, and work on getting these round wins, eventually getting a, an event win. I, I owe Dan an a NHRA Wally. He needs an NHRA Wally from Top Fuel. So that's my goal. Well, it's like our friend Josh Hart. He he went out there and, and made people go, oh, well, I guess Steve Torrance isn't the only – driver out there you know i mean he 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 mixed it up but i know he wants to do more of that this year there'll be a lot of you guys wanting to go out there and and just spoil everybody's day well i think i think you know the the real neat thing about this year at least you know adds excitement to me is that when you look at when you look at our our, our sport today you know um you know dsr is kind of only tony schumacher today and a couple yeah. of cars, but my point is Tony Tune Schumacher. And, and what happened to everybody is that there's a lot more independent teams out there today than there has been in the past. You know, so now your only your only conglomerate is John Forrest and the Coletta Camp, you know, per se. And, and so you look at that, and it's like if there was a time to capitalize on our sport and our drivers and creating superstars, it's now because you have the Antron Browns on his own. You have you know, the Ron Caps, you have all these Leah and, and Matt all on, on a, a different umbrella today. And, and uh, you know, they're not making their own parts. They're, you know, they're having to buy it and they have to, to do all the things that um, uh, it takes to, to be winners, you know. And I think that I think that's the, the exciting um, the part about all of this. I see Corey's answering somebody's question. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. <laughs> But but I think that you know it's um, it's all good. It's all going to be fun. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Don Schumacher was saying the other day he thinks the multi car teams are here to stay, and that's the wave of the future, and not the independents. So that's, I thought well, that was kind of interesting. Well, I think I think it's a true statement in the fact that we still need multi car teams because we got to have you know you look at the Force Camp and you look at the Coletta Camp. They're very very strong. And, 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 and Don Schumacher and John Force, uh, at least I can speak for this, when we had a situation, we wrecked a car in Houston, those two guys were the first two guys over to my pit saying anything you need to get back on the track, it's yours, come get it. Uh, you know, Don gave us a car. I mean, it was just on and on and on. And, and what I think most people never really see is the side of Don Schumacher or John Force um, and all the people that they helped. 
Uh, and so we still need the big team um, because, unfortunately, I wish I could have a big team. I, you know, everybody wishes they could be a big team, but it's it's not the real world. But but what's really fun is that when you go out there and beat those multi-car teams and you go out and beat them and you end up winning at the end of the day, it, it just makes it that much sweeter. But I still believe that we have to have, you know, the, the Penske's of the world in sports um, because you got to have a back backbone in, in the sport. And I think that, um, you know, it's it's nothing's more impressive than walking through the DSR or, or Coletta camp, looking at all the hospitality trailers and and all the, the different companies that they're representing. It's pretty impressive. It's way impressive, you know. And so you're looking at marketing in a particular sanctioned body, you would have to say, that's pretty impressive, you know? Mm -hmm. And so maybe we ought to come over here. Maybe we need to look at this. And I think that that's why the, you still need the big teams out there because you got to have, you got to have that footprint. We all want to be big teams. Some of us will hit it. Some of us won't. Talking about big teams, the Torrance team is so big right now for four straight champs, four straight seasons with a championship, but they do so much for the little guy that most people do not even know about this. They, they like discount parts to the little guys, the little teams for them to compete against. Yeah. You know, and that's the one thing that Steve Torrance racing and, 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 and Bobby Lagana and Dom and all them, they, they do that. And that, they helped us out more than I could ever tell you. On, uh, I've never bought a new block in Top Fuel ever. In 20 years I've raced, I've never bought a new block. I've always bought someone else's used stuff, you know. But, you know, like when you get you get stuff, you know, like that, it's, um, you know, it's good coming from those teams because they're not, they're not out there to set anybody up for failure. And, uh, and like you said, they help a lot. And I forgot to mention them into that because they do a tremendous job. And they were a huge part of where we were heading uh, going down the racetrack is that, uh, you know, buying the parts from them and, and even the support. I mean, we could talk to them, ask a question, and we would get an, an honest answer. It wasn't one that was, you know, smoke and mirrors. You know, it was like, try this, and, and it would work, you know. And and I think that, you know, Bobby uh, Lagana has done an amazing job, and, and there's a guy that's just an unsung hero because he helps so many people uh, just with his, his uh, ability to tune a car and run a car. Um, and then to have them, you know, working with the this, this Torrances, it's uh, it's definitely uh, created a great opportunity and atmosphere within our sport. And uh, my hat's off to them because I can't say enough. You know, Steve Torrance and I and, and our, 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 our fr great friends. And I know that, you know, um, Cameron, you know, he loves those guys as well. They love Cameron. And 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 so we're we're looking forward to getting back out there and and. Uh, hanging out with everybody again, but yeah, they help so many people. It's amazing. As Steve said at uh, Pomona last fall, he said, I'm the sheriff now. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see, you know, with all these people and all these teams and all these new, everybody coming out from a different angle and Tony Stewart out there. It's going to be really interesting to see how hard it's going to be for Steve Torrance to, hang on to that it's because it's it's tough to get it once let alone four times or five yeah. you know well there's so. no doubt about it they're well they don't make mistakes they don't beat themselves 
and and they do a fabulous job of what they do and and that's because they're surrounded by great people who have been there a long time you know i mean they don't have a lot of turnover they have the each crew member knows what they got to do and they go out there and they you know do their job flawlessly and, and the car goes out and just wins races uh, i think that um it's going to be tough and it's like i kept going back to earlier it was the nhra needs a benefit or capitalize on this and make the stars of everybody right now if there was ever a time to do it because it's going to throw a lot of different angles at the race just like you know you were alluding to susan that you can go out there now and and you know leah can get you uh, you know tony can get you there's all kinds of cars out there we can you know there's all kinds of stuff out there that we can uh, go out there and, and throw at people and and uh, you know when you have multi-car teams it's it's a benefit because you every run that one car goes on the track you're doubling the information you know so it makes it a little harder to to uh compete sometimes um you know but eventually you know you get it figured out and you go, you go down the track and, and and you have the opportunity to win i just think that right now it's probably in the best position it has to promote our sport based on a lot of the new teams and, and different uh approaches of who's going to go out there and how each team is going to take, you know, what course they're going to take to try to go out and, and win a championship or dethrone Steve Torrance or, you know, or whomever. It's just, uh, I think this is uh, prime time. Jerry, do you want to answer Kevin's question there? Any idea what the wrap will be on the car? I don't think you're maybe allowed to reveal that yet. Yeah. You know, I, I wish, I wish that um, I, I'd have that answer, but um uh, we're, uh, you know, Dan and I are kind of like in the, in the walking stages, right? Trying to get everything designed and, and, and figured out what races we're going to run. Um, you know, his, his, some of his crew guys are coming up next week. They're going to be up, up here, uh, for a week. Um, so there's a lot of working pieces in here that we're, we're dealing with, but, uh, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, we can, make some announcements perhaps of what races and and things like that that we plan on doing but right now uh you know it's just uh just trying to get uh everything covered and and lined up and 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 go out there and, and compete susan do you have any final questions for terry well I, you know what i'm not sure what all you covered when my computer blipped out so uh, i talked about the street outlaws Street Outlaws, oh my gosh. Well, you know what? There's just so many, there's so many opportunities. And then tractor pulling, can't forget that one. Yeah. Well, I heard the tractor pull part. I, I was here for before before my computer got pulled away from me. So um, but yeah, no, I just I just wanted to know, you know, if if uh you know if you're if you're ready to rock and you you're you're gonna come out of the gate and I, I just love the fans of have asked all these cool questions because that saves that saves us from asking them too so but well, anyway you ready to rock and roll yeah we we're well, i mean we'd love to hit the ground and go to phoenix and test you know if it was doable but uh right now we just have to make sure that we have everything organized the team's organized and 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 a direction and make sure that we have all the bases covered because it's like you don't want to go to race and then have you know uh problems because we're not assembling the car together right or 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 we don't have the parts that we need to do something we want to make sure that we're prepared because we're only going to have you know six to eight races to go out there and prove ourselves this year 
Um, and I and I want to make sure, and as Dan, we want to make sure that we go out and represent the best that we can. Um, whoever the marketing partners are going to be, and whoever you know, and whatever races are going to be. Um, I just think that right now, um, I'm chomping at the bit. I I I got my driver's suit out. I I'm sending it out to the cleaners tomorrow. So we're ready to go. <laughs> That's all. Do, you, do you make a dry run with the crew because you haven't worked necessarily with all the same people all the time? So do you do a dry run of, about how you service the car or whatever? We will, yeah. I mean, Dan uh, Dan has a group of guys uh, up in Quebec right now, and they practice on Saturday uh, working on the car and, and assembling and disassembling. So, um, you know, hats off to them for, you know, gearing up already and, and getting ready to go. They've worked on Dan's car in the past, his fuel car, uh, when we were, you know, when Rob was helping tune it and things. So I, I think that, um, yeah, we, we need to be as perfect as we can, make sure that we have every piece and part um, so that we can go out there and compete. Because like I said, we only have a short window. We don't have 24 or 23 races, 22, whatever it is. Uh, we 22. have to, huh? 22. Yeah. We have to go out there and be perfect. And, and so, um, you know, I, I want us to do that. I want to do it for Dan and 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 uh, and for him for just because he's given me this opportunity to come back out and and more importantly to uh, just make sure that we put the right foot forward and represent NHRA and all the fans and all the people that's that support us. Thank you for watching the Capital Sports Report live. We appreciate Terry's time today, and this will be on our page for playbacks. At and uh, come back next week for an all-new episode with a new guest. Thank you for your time today, Terry. Thank you, guys. And, and again, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I've known you guys for a long time. I can't thank you enough for all you do for the sport. Uh, and, and on top of what you've done for my, my family and myself, because uh, you guys have been vital to, uh, to us growing in the sport. And, uh, you know, you guys, you just have this sixth sense that, hey, I think, push of media and you guys are there and, and you guys make the magic happen. So um, I can't thank you for that. Again, congratulations on hosting your first show. I think you, I think you did a great job and I think it's only going to get better from here. So, uh, you know, let's, uh, we're going to keep watching now every week and uh, I got a Monday night date every day. So I'm good to go. Well, we love you. Thank you so much for agreeing to be with us and giving us your time and some, some secrets out there too. So thank you. <laughs> okay <laughs> thanks everyone all the fans thank you so much man we love you guys and uh uh you know follow these guys they do a great job uh, they do a great job at the racetrack but this show is going to take off so be sure to follow them and and uh but again thank you for everybody uh dan i don't know if you're still out there but uh thank you your entire team uh for coming on board and doing this and uh but more importantly man thank you to the fans because uh god love you man we can't thank you enough Hi to Corey and Cam at home. I will go tell them that. I'm in the shop. It's kind of quiet out here. <laughs> <laughs>